Wait, which which weekend? Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of June 14th, 2022, and episode number 519. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. What a warm week so far. I've had uh, heavy thunderstorms last week. We had uh, a lot of heat here in Northeast Ohio, right around 90 degrees Fahrenheit today. It's uh, it's summer. And uh, hope you're enjoying summer at least a little bit. See, a, a lot of paranormal conventions are uh, taking place right now. Usually it's uh, late, mid-April to through May is like the, the beginning of the season. But it seems like this year it's been a little later. And I don't know, maybe it's just me. It seems like there's a lot of smaller events all over the place versus these big large events and i think maybe they're maybe they're taking out a slice of the pie from some of these big events all around the united states who knows but uh yeah everyone wants to get out they want to see stuff they want to meet people and hang out at these paranormal conferences and conventions uh, i'm one of them i'm i'm i want to get out there i want to see some stuff but not today it's too hot Way too hot. It's, uh, it's only 84 now. Not too bad. So June is almost halfway done already. It's uh, unbelievable how fast the uh, the year has gone. The summer blockbuster movies are pretty much here. Um, eh, for the most part, we got a few more coming. Uh, July looks like pretty good, but uh, I don't know. Did you guys get out and see Jurassic World Dominion? Huh? Or did you just listen to the critics tell you how bad it was? It was horrible, right? 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's uh, extremely, extremely bad, according to the critics, who know everything, of course. Um, yeah, I, I saw it Thursday, uh, 4 o'clock, the uh, first seating in the, the theater where I live in uh, Northeast Ohio. I was kind of scared. I thought maybe I should go see Top Gun instead because uh, that one's rated much higher. But uh, I've been in this uh, since 1993. I, I read the book back in, uh, I think, 91. So I read it, I think, twice, at least twice before the movie actually came out. And I was arguing all the stuff that was wrong between the book and the movie. But I'll tell you, I'll be honest, I didn't think it was too bad. I thought it was actually, I shouldn't say it that way. I think it was actually pretty good. I mean, if you're going to sit there and think, this movie's going to win Academy Awards, and the, and the plot's going to be perfect and flawless and seamless. And uh, it's going to be a, a, an action movie with uh, uh, the, the best acting. You're kidding yourself. And I think uh, – I don't understand why the critics took this movie more seriously than the movie took itself. Just enjoy it. Buy some popcorn if you can afford it. You might have to sell your car to do that, but uh, just enjoy the movie. It's fun. And I enjoyed reminiscing 
uh, seeing a lot of the tiebacks to the original series and getting to see all the old actors made me feel even older sitting there watching all the fun. But it's a, it's a pretty good movie. I was uh, very impressed. I mean, I have my things. Being a big dinosaur fan, there's a few things that I was upset about, uh, hoping that the next generation doesn't fall into some of the same stuff that I did that I had to unlearn. But uh, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, obviously, the original is always the best of anything that's out there. Uh, Jurassic Park, I believe, was a 92% critic rating. That movie came out before Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. And uh, 91% audience score. Where this one is like 29% and 79% audience score. Uh, but, I mean, come on. Who, who really thinks these movies are supposed to be perfect and flawless and the, the plot's supposed to be perfect. I mean, there there's no movie out there that I couldn't tear apart about a plot. Really? Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. If you saw that, I want to see Top Gun. I don't know if anybody saw that, but that looks pretty good. Um, not going to see the Minions. No, not my thing. Uh, anyway, today is actually a very special day. I don't know how many people know this. Uh, but historically speaking, today, as far as the paranormal is concerned, an extremely important day, June 14th, if you didn't know it, today is the 75th anniversary of the discovery of the Roswell wreckage. Yes, June 14th, 1947, the uh, purported wreckage was discovered in uh, well, near Roswell, it was in, in Roswell, about 80 miles northwest of Roswell. Um, Mac Brazel and his son Vernon discovered some weird-looking wreckage, stuff they never saw before. And they kind of sat on it for a while. It wasn't until July 4th that they collected all the mysterious wreckage uh, that they could find. They drove it to Roswell a couple of days later and gave it to the sheriff. Sheriff had no clue. They didn't know what they were looking at. Uh, so the army got involved. And, of course, it got a little blown out of proportion. The uh, military pretty much, uh, I think they got ransacked there by the, the press and made the announcement of a flying saucer being discovered. I don't think that's what they said, but uh, that's what the, pr the press said, of course. And then they had to redact that the next day. They kind of sort of came clean, but there was still a cover-up when they said it was a weather balloon. It wasn't a weather balloon, but it wasn't a UFO. Well, at the time, it was a UFO. Nobody knew exactly what it was. And, of course, whether you believe it or not, a lot. Of, I'm amazed. You know, I've talked to a lot of people in the UFO field, and they've never heard of Project Mogul. They have no idea what that is, but they're firm believers that uh, – a UFO crashed in Roswell in 1947. But uh, Project Mogul was uh, very top secret. Uh, the U.S. did not want to tip their hands, so they did come up with the cover-up story of a weather balloon just to kind of shoo it along. Got too much attention if you're going to call it a UFO. Everyone's going to be looking at that story. But if you call it a weather balloon, eh, nobody cares. No one's going to look at it, especially the Russians. And uh, that's what... The whole Project Mogul was all about was a very large balloon, six over 650 feet from tip to tail, 
And that's huge. It's uh, twice as tall as the Statue of Liberty. Imagine that. If you've ever seen the Statue of Liberty. Actually, Statue of Liberty is not, not as big as you think. When you see it, you're like, that's it? It's not that tall. Uh, but anyway, twice as tall as the Statue of Liberty. And this wreckage, this thing just tore apart across the desert. You know, 75 years ago, it would be pretty confusing as to what you're looking at. Uh, but of course, there's been stories since then. You know, it got uh, ignored pretty much through the 70s and the early 80s. But then all of a sudden, people like Stanton Friedman started to uh, poke and dig and come up with uh, witnesses, people who weren't even there that uh, came up with their own stories. But uh, either way, no matter how you look at it, it's still a, a piece of paranormal history. And it was a predecessor. It happened before all the other major sightings. Um, I mean, it, it, you could say it kind of launched everything, but uh, 1947, that was the big year. And, of course, everybody looks at the Kenneth Arnold sighting, which happened um, uh, June 24th. I can't believe I remembered that. June 24th, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Um, that pretty much is viewed as the first modern day sighting, whatever that means. 75 years uh, because uh, Arnold looked at it through scientific eyes as a pilot and trying to determine speed and direction and drew uh, notes. Uh, so. We've been investigating UFOs pretty much almost officially for 75 years. So this isn't new stuff at all. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We shall see if, uh, I mean, everyone's getting old in there. So I don't think we're ever going to see anything new out of Roswell. But, uh Parts and pieces of that balloon were confiscated by the U.S. Army. They went back to the farm and they uh, collected other as much as they could. Of course, it's had top secret sensitive instruments on it to uh, detect potential nuclear weapons being used by Russia. They didn't know. Uh, Russia didn't have anything for two more years, but they didn't know. Uh, these instruments were sent... I believe right on the border of Texas, sent up in the atmosphere to go over and get as close as it could to Russia to, to see if they could find any evidence of testing of nuclear weapons so we could be out ahead of it. That's pretty top secret stuff. And of course, it was uh, released by the government, I think, in the 90s. And of course, all the UFO investigators just shoot it away and said, no, that can't be the explanation. It's got to be UFOs. It's got to be aliens because that's what everyone's saying. Uh, but of course, sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction. But again, it all comes down to what you believe. But uh, it's pretty significant. 75 years. Now we can almost say, I guess we have to wait another few more days till the Kenneth Arnold anniversary, but still. Um, 75th anniversary of the discovery of the Roswell wreckage. Uh, so today we've got some interesting news, some cryptid news, and some big news on the horizon for, for me. I'm excited to announce that uh, well, maybe in two months, um, 
I'll be going out in space. Yeah, and maybe you can you can go too. Maybe to the moon. Uh, there's room for a couple more people. So we'll talk about going to the moon later on. Uh, some NASA news. But uh, we'll kick it off in cryptid news. Where you've probably seen this stuff floating around. It's it's uh, it's really interesting. All of these strange pictures popping up all over the place. Uh, viral stories in the cryptid area are uh, few and far in between lately. I guess because no one's seen the the Loch Ness monster lately. Don't know what's going on with him. Uh, maybe he's on holiday as they say. But uh, we'll wait. We'll wait with excitement until somebody else spots that thing. But in the meantime, probably, uh, I would go out on a limb and say, this is, well, maybe not the most viral story, uh, but pretty darn close of the year. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be next. We, we might cover that next week. Or the week after. We're going to talk about the mid-season year in review. The mid-season recap of 2022 to see where we're at. What stories we've talked about. Some of the bigger stuff. I'm not going to rank it. We'll just talk about some of the bigger stuff. Uh, because we tend to forget about these things. And uh, I don't like it when you know I'm talking in December. And it's like, man, I totally forgot about that. I never talked about this since January. So we'll get into some of the bigger stories and probably next week. We'll see what shakes down. We'll see what big stuff falls out of the sky. But uh, June 8th at 8.24 p.m., the city of Amarillo in Texas posted a strange photo that was taken from a SkyPoint trail camera, which isn't quite the top of the line. And they uh, posted this picture from the trail camera with the following text. It said, quote, the Amarillo Zoo captured a strange image outside the zoo in the dark and early morning hours of May 21st around 1.25 a.m. Is it a person with a strange hat who likes to walk at night? A chupacabra? Do you have any ideas with this UAO? Unidentified Amarillo object could be, unquote. And uh, would probably guess you might have seen these pictures, or picture, I should say, of this really strange-looking creature. If you haven't, I'm going to share it in the chat room. And if you're not in the chat room, well, I guess you're just going to have to Google Amarillo creature. I'm uh, sure it'll pop up very, very quickly. And there you go. So you can see the uh, fenced-in area. There's a street light. And there's uh, actually a parking lot back behind that fence. And then a road. It's really hard to see in that dark. Not the greatest camera. And a, a lot of people were upset. They wanted to see video. Well, it's not a video. It's a camera. So it's a game camera. I have uh, my camera's a lot better than this, uh, but I have a, a trail camera that I take. You know, I strapped to a tree till the uh, squirrels ate it and broke it. Uh, I haven't put out my new one yet. 
but I've got a lot of weird pictures too. Strange looking figures that, you know, I already know what they are because it takes multiple pictures in a, in a, a certain time frame. So I'm able to discern weird things like this. Depends on the settings. And that's one thing missing from the story. They don't talk about the settings of this camera, but uh, no video at all. And it's weird that they waited so long to talk about this from May 21st, but uh, they may not have reviewed stuff for quite a while. It's probably not something you want to tell people. So the camera at the zoo is motion activated. So again, no video. A lot of people were complaining uh, on Twitter, which big surprise. It's Twitter. People complain. I guess they complain everywhere. Uh, they've not released any other information, such as other animals that might have been seen in this particular area in previous weeks, or even the settings of the camera, which, my opinion, that would create a, a, a lot of backstory to what we're looking at. Uh, from the settings, you can kind of figure how much blur. But again, we don't know what it, we're looking at. We don't know how fast this thing was or what it is at all. That's the mystery behind this image. Uh, the, since the tweet was sent, there's been dozens of stories written about the photograph all over the world. I'm, I'm really surprised about how far this photo has gone and how much speculation is going on. Uh, a werewolf is one of the top guesses here. Uh, a wendigo. And, of course, the chupacabra because, uh, you know, chupacabras are all over Texas, even though they're from Puerto Rico. I don't know. Uh, even the obviously not true Rocket the Raccoon, Sonic the Hedgehog, Crash Bandicoot, or a variety of the uh, Texas sports team's mascots. There's like no end to the speculation. Now, people are having fun with it. I don't think anyone was uh, overly serious or, or scared by what they saw. But there was, I think, almost 500 responses on Twitter. That's a lot. Uh, people get bored really quick on Twitter. So for that to go as long as it did, that's pretty good. Uh, people have a very short attention span on Twitter. Uh, but heavy thumbs, usually. Heavy thumbs. Uh, even Lauren Coleman jumped in. I was a little shocked, I'm not going to lie, uh, by what he posted. I was a little concerned. Slightly confused. Uh, he said uh, he uh, put up a, a picture. It was a cartoony picture uh, with a cartoon fox that was holding up a sign. And the sign said, warning, this person is a furry, unquote. Uh, so uh, people have a misconception about what that culture is all about that's really just wearing costumes and being somebody different that's no different than uh wearing black clothes and wearing black eyeliner as a kid as a little boy a lot of I see a lot of people do that still um you know shaving your head or wearing a mohawk it's the same thing it's just a, a, a way of expression but unfortunately uh shows like uh what was that uh, csi a long time ago, I remember that episode scared the heck out of me watching it. Um, they made some other 
kind of deviant type things with furries that a lot of people think about nowadays, but it's not so much true. The, the culture is more about self-expression, uh, removing yourself from reality a little bit. Not that I condone. I think it's really, it's spooky. I, I don't like it. But then again, you know, you got people that dress up as Captain America and Thor that are adults and some people make a lot of money doing that which is weird um and yes there had been a furry convention in dallas that would have ended the day before this photo was taken uh, but that would be a five and a half hour drive to amarillo and it'd be pretty warm wearing that costume however one commenter who is a self-professed uh, furry uh, says the image shows a partial which I guess in lingo is a uh, fursuit head, paws, and tail, along with normal clothes and no body suit. I guess that's a thing. They do that. They wear it that way. I don't know. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. But anyway, uh, some good speculation. Uh, some people are, are thinking it could be a coyote based on the shape of the head, or even a fox. And some uh, somebody had put up a, a pretty good photo and they said that uh, looks like a fox jumping toward the fence which I thought was interesting um, I mean there's really no end to this I mean you could uh, uh, kind of make up whatever you want pretty much at this point uh, a lot of people are, are aiming toward this being a person who just happened to walk by and got caught uh, but there's a picture there, a reference photo of a coyote jumping toward a fence. I don't know if that's a, a, a thing that they do or what. Uh, it looks a little weird to me, though. It almost looks like uh, two different objects to me. Uh, one in the, the background and one in the uh, foreground. And uh, one person uh, initially said that they thought that this could be a... Uh, uh, a peacock. But I thought, what? A peacock. And at an odd angle. And I thought, well, well, that doesn't make any sense. But then I looked it up, and lo and behold, that area of uh, Amarillo actually has a wild peacock problem. Or a peafowl, as they're called. Uh, they're all over the place in that area. Uh, maybe. This is a, a peacock and a fox just, just at the right angle. That doesn't look like anything. But um, I don't know. Like I said, it just looks, it doesn't look like one object. And according to them, it's not uh, fixed or changed or altered in any way. Uh, but you got to remember that uh, there's probably a lot of blur here. You know, what you're seeing isn't a fixed object. Uh, it's probably not a werewolf. It's probably, uh, it may not even be a person in a costume. This could just be a, a, an animal caught uh, moving midair or something. It, it just looks weird. Um, and I've also heard a few people, and I was almost slightly convinced that uh, it might be an owl attacking another animal, the owl being in the background. But the problem here is there's no answers. We don't have any information, any data beyond what we're looking at to help put all this together. And everyone's got an opinion, of course. And, of course, everyone's right, right? Um, 
Yeah, even though the opinions are are full, there's uh, very few facts and information to go on. Again, it'd be nice to see some uh, a sense of scale. Uh, a picture in the uh, the daytime would be great. Maybe some corresponding photos with uh, a person or an object or some sort of measuring stick or something in that approximate area to show maybe how big this was because there's a, a lot of speculation as to the size of this creature, anywhere from the size of a child all the way to uh, six or eight feet tall, which is it's quite a discrepancy. And so it doesn't help when we don't have any other photos to go from. You know, no kind of baseline imagery that we can uh, get a sense of scale or a sense of uh, a dynamic to figure out how big this object is or objects that are put together uh, so you know it's unfortunate it's one of those things that will probably never be solved and it's really frustrating to me um, but that's the beauty of the paranormal it's, it's these kind of things that we find that stimulates us to uh, to think of all the boundaries all the out of sight things this could be uh, but unfortunately none of those will ever be proven and we'll probably, unfortunately, never get to the facts behind what we're seeing. That's possible in the future. Uh, fox and coyote uh, are somewhat repetitious at times, off and on. And those animals usually revisit uh, off and on. I'm, I'm surprised that there's, again, no other pictures of other animals from this camera that have gone by these fences. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, my backyard, I've gotten just pretty much every animal you can think of that live in Ohio over the course of a few months. So I, I don't know. You would think that they would have something that they've seen in the past. Uh, if they've seen fox in the area or coyote in the area, uh, which both live out there, uh, you would think that they would have – I mean these are people that deal with animals. Reaching out to the general public. Maybe they know what it is. And maybe they do have other comparison photos. And they're just kind of uh, getting some free publicity. Which they've gotten a lot. Because again, this story has gone worldwide. It's everywhere. And uh, a couple of other zoos in Texas are a little jealous about this. The San Antonio Zoo and the Fort Worth Zoo have shared photos of a hippopotamus and an elephant, respectively. At least that's what I think they are. It could be anything, really. Could be a Wendigo, some sort of shapeshifter, maybe. Uh, but it sure looks like a hippo and an elephant. And those have uh, leaked in the last few days, asking the general public for help as to what these creatures are. And, you know, just to piggyback off the popularity of these... Uh, this this massive story. I mean, this thing really. Uh, again, people put stuff on Twitter, and they forget about it. Like two hours later, they've moved on. What else can we talk about? Who else can we make fun of? Who else can we bash? Who else can we complain about? What else is uh, making us upset? So upset that we have to stop what we're doing. And tap with our thumbs on a phone to complain about it. And tell all of our, all of our faux friends that we're concerned or we're uh, not happy or we're angry or we're hurt or we're offended. And they move on. They forget all about what happened. 
um, even in the paranormal, this kind of stuff uh, lasts a day or two. Uh, but this this photo is still going out, still going on. People are still talking about it. People are still asking. It's still making its way throughout. Uh, seen it, and I couldn't tell you how many Facebook cryptid website or cryptid sites on Facebook, and still getting making its rounds on Twitter, and uh, everyone's writing a story about it. But uh, the other zoos kind of trying to get into the action. A little bit. We'll see uh, if uh, other places will join join in the fun. Probably it's going to be like those uh, those towers. Remember those towers? Everyone was finding in their cities, and then they were burning them down. Oh, yeah, you do use trail cameras. I'm looking at my. Uh, Let's see, Cam Park. Cam Park is the brand. I have a couple of these. Uh, was a good one until, man, that thing really chewed it up. The squirrel. They hate these things. Squirrel chewed it up. Ripped the cover off. Uh, I was a good camera up until then. Lots of pictures. Uh, ripped the uh, the battery wires off the side of it. So that's why I can't use it anymore. I don't know how he got into that. It's crazy. I've used trail cameras for um, mostly uh, cryptid stuff, but uh, I wish I would have used them more in even for ghost stuff because sometimes I can tell you uh, a few cases looking back, people heard things in their in their house that I, I honestly think maybe might have been deer outside that they just didn't realize was uh, animals making noise. Outside, if I would have had trail cameras, I would have been able to uh, potentially verify that. Uh, but use them quite a bit for cryptid investigations to kind of keep an eye on things or animals or trails. Uh, but also use them in my own backyard to uh, document the uh, the animals going to my bird feeder and ripping it apart. And so lucky enough to have, I probably shouldn't say this on the air, but well, I haven't seen it in a while, so I guess it's okay to say. But we've had a piebald couple well last saw last year so somebody probably has it hanging on the wall so a piebald is a uh, not an albino but uh, mostly white deer so it's kind of mixed it's got the brown fur and, the, and a lot of white fur really beautiful uh, deer that i've seen uh, pretty close a few times but uh, got a lot of pictures of it. a lot of big bucks in my backyard as well uh, skunks See uh, raccoons, possums, uh, fox. I think that's about it. A lot of birds as well. But yeah, I love trail cameras. You never know what's in your backyard. And um, try to. I got a new one to set up to see if I can capture some uh, butterflies and other creatures and birds close up. But uh, they're wonderful. Anyway, we'll get back to the strange creatures. And these strange images that keep popping up all over social media. Another one that's kind of captivated people. I don't know why. Well, it's a little less strange. I think it's a little bit more straightforward. But people are really, really debating this on social media. It's, it's you know, uh, most of the time you have people that uh, say a story is uh, really paranormal. 
uh, because they posted on a paranormal site. So, of course, the true believers chime in first because they're the ones that are hovering over these sites. So, they, of course, they jump in and say, yes, 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 that's definitely paranormal. That's a UFO. That's a ghost. That's a chupacabra. That's a, a Bigfoot for sure. It's got to be a Bigfoot, man. It's brown. It's hairy. It's big. And it's got feet. Uh, but then you have the uh, kind of skeptical people that will trail in a little bit. And, of course, sometimes they get jumped on. Uh, then, if, you know, you'll get a little people, a few people in the middle. But usually it's one end and the other end. There's usually no in the center. People are either saying it's fake or it's definitely real and there's nothing in the middle. Uh, and, of course, that's kind of where this next story comes into play. Uh, a Bigfoot enthusiast posted an image of what looks like a large creature on all fours running away from a, a trail camera. And a lot of course, of course, a lot of people have speculated that it could be a Bigfoot. Because, you know, maybe a Bigfoot tripped and fell. And uh, scampering away. Of course, it could be other cryptid creatures as well. And of course, not only could it be a Bigfoot, but it cannot be a bear which it really resembles a bear. And they give a, a variety of reasons as to why it can't be a bear. So therefore, if it can't be a bear, it has to be a Bigfoot. There's no in between. No in between at all. It's either, it's either all or none. Uh, so let me get a, that picture, throw that in the chat room. So what you'll see in this photograph is... Uh, a lot of dirt. Looks like a lot of mud. Looks like a, a tree and a weird creature at an odd angle because uh, it looks like the camera's tilted. And you see like a, a large brown body. You see it's pretty much horizontal on the ground, but you see a couple feet and then you see a, a long foot trailing back. And it gives you the kind of sense that this creature could stand up and run. Maybe it tripped. Because uh, it doesn't look like your normal bear leg. And people are just claiming that it's not a bear paw, it's not a bear foot at all. And therefore, it must be a Bigfoot. Um, the image was posted on June 5th on the Facebook page, Bigfoot Believers, by a gentleman named Tom Hendrick out of Fayetteville, West Virginia. Uh, who seemed to indicate the image was his or he knew who took it. Uh, he knows uh, a little bit of the backstory of this. So he claims the creature uh, ran away like that, then doubled back and ripped the uh, trail camera off and took it 100 yards away. Now, looking at this image, uh, I don't know what kind of settings they used, but uh, that would have had to have taken quite a while. If the creature doubled back, even if it came running back, I mean, I can't remember my settings, uh, but it's, I think it's at least a minute between pictures. And I'll still capture uh, even a creature walking through that area. I'll catch him a couple of times, the, the, the angle that I use. So I don't know why or how they couldn't capture at least one more picture uh, previous to this uh, particular snapshot or one afterward or one of the destruction of this trail camera as it was hauled off 
100 yards away. Um, and like I said, a good chunk of people, a lot of people, I was really surprised. I, I went through a few hundred comments. It was very hard. My finger was sore. Um, a good chunk of people claim the creature in the photo cannot possibly be a bear. And again, due to a, a lot of other reasons. Uh, the paws and the legs that seem to be really long. That's not a bear. The rear end is wrong. The head is wrong. The, the hips are wrong. I, I don't know. There were so many bear enthusiasts or bear experts on the internet. Uh, Ursa Majors. I guess you can call them bear experts. That's what I, that's my name that I call the, the Bigfoot people that know everything about bears. I call them Ursa Majors. Uh, that nothing can possibly be a bear because bears are this and bears are that. And they see a bear in the wild, they don't know what it is. Um, and a lot of these other reasons they're talking about, it don't make a whole lot of sense. They, somebody was talking about the head. Well, I don't even see the head. The head's behind a tree. How do you, how do you see the head? What picture are you looking at? Now, the thing here is, is if you've actually seen bears running, which unfortunately for, well, maybe fortunately, the handful of bears I've ever seen in the wild, uh, I snuck up on, uh, I think, three mama bear and a couple of cubs once by accident, zipping through the Pennsylvania woods on a four-wheeler, and I saw them running, and they had some pretty long rear legs, if I remember correctly, jumping over logs, trying to get away from the crazy guy on the motorcycle, the uh, four-wheeler. And uh, hiking, uh, once I did come across a bear who kind of meandered away from me. I was a little frozen. I was a little scared. Um, he didn't care. He was eating. He was like, what is this guy doing? Uh, but bears do have long legs, and this particular one uh, looks like it's younger to me. It's Again, there's no sense of scale. People, uh, you, you got to have some sort of scale in your pictures. You got to have something to go on. Now, mine in my backyard, I know how tall my bird feeder is. They have staked in the ground. It's uh, like five and a half feet tall, so I already know. Based on that, I know all the dimensions. If I see something, I can go out and and uh, kind of scale it. So, got a comparison. It's not the greatest pictures, but it kind of gives you uh, a little identity. A black bear there on the left, not really stretched out with the paw, but you can see the posture of the creature. The rear end being a little lower, the back high in the center. That's pretty much what you're seeing in this picture. Uh, it's very similar, but this uh, black bear. And the picture on the top left is, uh, it's got a lot of fur on it. But the, the bottom one, the strange one we saw in the trail cam picture, seems to be missing a lot of hair. And it's not normally normal, but it's not unusual either. Uh, it's a little thing called mange that we talk about uh, quite a bit here on the show, especially when we're talking about chupacabra. Um you know, those poor coyote or fox that uh, are missing their hair. But yeah, bears do have long, uh, long legs. And if you if you were to shave a bear, you wouldn't even recognize it at all. You'd, you wouldn't know what you would look. It would look like an alien. It really would. Uh, and this probably is a younger bear, which would also, again, make sense. 
Now, the thing that kind of got me was I was reading these comments, and of course, people were saying there can't be a bear. It's a, it's fake. It's a Photoshop, or it's this, it's that. It's all these things. But um, then I started reading about how bears. Uh, people were commenting that uh, a bear would not tear down a camera. A bear would never carry off a camera. And I just kind of laughed. I mean, I don't deal with bears that often. Uh, we don't really technically have them here in Ohio, although uh, where I live, uh, literally in my backyard, before a few years before I moved here, there was a sighting of a black bear by my neighbor. Um, so they're here. But I don't, I don't really deal with them that much. But they are attracted to cameras. Uh, anyone who has experienced tracking game in bear country will laugh at that. Uh, bears have killed more game cameras than any other animal in the world, except for mine, which a squirrel got a hold of mine. Uh, they do have good vision, contrary to what people think. And they also have a very excellent sense of smell. Uh, so between uh, seeing flashes or the IR imagery at night uh, to probably even the, the batteries. And some people say the rubber smells like ants to them. So they uh, there's a lot of videos. Go on YouTube and look for Bear Eats Camera, and you'll see probably uh, a few dozen where the bear just uh, licks and eats and bites at cameras. Uh, so this happens quite a bit. It's not completely unusual at all. So from the woods, let's go to the sky. And uh, I'm going to talk about NASA here again. We, we talked about uh, NASA and their newfound interest and involvement in the UAP and UFO situations, uh, wanting to help gather data, search for some potential information through their catalog of footage over the years. I'm sure there was a little bit of pressure by the government. Hey, we're paying your bills. Uh, you guys kind of owe us a little bit. Why don't you dig through some, uh, you know, get an intern or three and make them watch some videos and look for some UFOs for us. Well, NASA is still in the news with this topic. A couple of weeks later, what was it, two weeks ago we talked about this? And there's uh, still even more stories being written about this. A little bit more information came out. Uh, than what came out two weeks ago. But uh, now there's some really weird conflicting information coming out of that meatball logo. So two weeks ago, the Daily Mail, of all people, broke the news that NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration here in the United States, would be using their data to help the government look for some potential data in the UAP research efforts. The more cameras, the more data we can comb through, the better. I agree. Uh, at the time, NASA commented that they would not be creating their own dedicated UAP office. Uh, however, on June 9th, NASA announced live on YouTube that they will be commissioning a team to study unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, Thomas Zerbuchin, NASA's science mission chief, realizes that the science field uh, may look poorly at NASA for changing their stance on this UAP topic and deciding to go all in uh, to help uh, look and gather some information. Uh, he commented, he said, quote, we're not shying away from the reputational risk. Our strong belief 
is that the biggest challenge of these phenomena is that it's a data poor field, unquote. So they know that there's not a whole lot of information. And maybe he knows that they do have some information that they could add to this and will uh, wait and see. Uh, it doesn't seem like NASA is leaning toward UAPs uh, being of extraterrestrial origin, but they're not shutting the door on that possibility either. But they, they don't kind of they don't sound wishy-washy. They're not kind of in the middle of the road. Uh, it sounds to me like they're more or less like, oh, there's just not enough data. We don't really believe it, but we're going to get the data and we're going to allow the data to speak for itself. And it's probably going to say no UFOs. Uh, but it will be interesting to see what they can come up with. Uh, and stuff that's shot in space, uh, it's the perspective is, is kind of off because most of us here uh, listening to the show probably never been to space. We don't know what it's like. Uh, you uh, really don't know. It's like staring up in the sky. Like you don't really know how far away that star is. You you can read about it on Wikipedia and it'll tell you how many light years away it is, but you really have no sense of scale or sense of distance. Uh, the same as when you're floating in space miles and miles above the earth and you see you know, things tumbling in space. There's a lot of debris in low earth orbit and above just tumbling. And sometimes that gets caught on camera and people jump to a conclusion. Uh, but again, we don't know how big or small it is. So the perspective eludes us. Uh, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that coming out and a lot of stuff that people have already captured on all those UFO channels over the years. Uh, and NASA says they're going to start to uh, dig through this data this fall. And their effort will last about nine months and cost no more than $100,000. And they state that it will be entirely open. Whatever that means, but I'm sure if they find something classified, they're not going to be able to talk about it. So that's probably not entirely true uh, unless they already know what they have. They just got to put it. Um, put it together for a little reel. Um, well, the team will be led by astrophysicist David Spurgle, president of the Simons Foundation for Advancing Scientific Research and the former chair of the astrophysics department at Princeton University. Uh, so if you do the math, uh, they start this fall. And they last about nine months. We could probably expect some sort of report about a year from now. And I'm kind of kind of interested in this. Uh, you know what the astronauts might have to say about what they've seen up there. You know we've heard the stories, and uh, we've heard the speculation. So it's going to be nice now to actually get some some data from NASA who, again, who has uh, really shut the door on all this stuff, really kept a uh, very long stick and kept the subject of UFOs away from itself for so long, you know, claiming that life is out there, it's, it's distant, it's in the stars, it's in other galaxies, it's in these exoplanets that they keep discovering, uh, which is probably true. 
but you know the the biggest argument against all of that is uh, you're missing out on the strange phenomena happening all over the world, not just here in the United States, uh, not just North America, but also South America and Europe and Asia, even Antarctica. Scientists who work down there are reporting UFO sightings. So what's going on? It's going to be interesting to see their take on what they capture or what they construe as potential data. They're going to add to this uh, data poor field and make it data rich, as they say. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what they can contribute. Uh, But NASA, it's not just about... uh, you know, astronauts, you know, they do aeronautic stuff too, but nobody really cares. Uh, they're involved in a lot of other projects, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, one that's uh, for some strange reason, I don't know why we're not talking about this more, uh, but it's uh, a trip. They're going back to the moon. And NASA's uh, began planning for this back in 2010. That's ancient history. Uh, for the NASA Exploration Mission 1, which has now been renamed Artemis 1. Uh, The project was originally slated to launch in 2016, but with delays of various types, the mission has been pushed back about 20 times, which is uh, pretty normal when it comes to uh, space travel or rockets in general, uh, especially when you're talking about uh, human life being projected into space. Uh, the last eight times the mission has been pushed back. It uh, it's been the, the last what two years, I believe. So the last eight of the last twenty times since uh, twenty twenty. So it's see, it's been pushed back. Uh, well, almost every month. Of this year, so uh, it's slated to uh, go in August. Knock on wood. We hope it launches in August, uh, and it's the Orion multi-purpose crew vehicle that should uh, hopefully launch if things continue to go well. There's some some uh, very critical tests taking place uh, pretty soon. But uh, the best news of all of this, all this aside is that uh, very fortunate, very excited to announce that I've secured a boarding pass to fly with the Artemis 1. It's a uh, 1.3 million mile journey. It's going to take anywhere from 26 to 42 days to go around the Earth and out around the moon before coming back and splashing down in the Pacific Ocean. If you don't believe me, I'll post a picture of my boarding pass. And you got to have ID to get on the the artist wants. So I trust that you're not going to steal this unless you fake an ID, which I don't think you will. So, yeah, it's true. There it is. There's a boarding pass, the Artemis one. So excited about that. And um, so the uh, there's a private company called Space Adventures. They've been talking about going to the moon, taking people on trips to the moon for uh, – Gosh, what, 15, 20 years I've been talking about this? Uh, Right now, they're currently uh, charging $100 million to do a similar version of what the Artemis 1 is going to uh, test flight for, uh, to test to go out around the moon and come back. And uh, the trip for me 
uh, to go to the moon with Artemis One was as simple as just uh, signing up on the website. Of course, yes, this is not true. I'm not really going to the moon, but my name is going to the moon. Uh, it's just a gimmick, and I like it. I think it's a, a great gimmick to get people interested in space flight and getting out to the uh, the moon. It's been a long time. I mean, most of us were not around for the uh, the last. That's that's a long time. That's scary. You know, why have we not been back? It's expensive, first of all, so sure. Uh, so NASA is using the quote censure name with Artemis unquote story um, as a way to uh, gain public interest in the program. Why not? Like people aren't really talking about this. We're, we're obsessed with UAPs. We're not talking about going back to the moon. Doesn't seem like anybody cares. There's nothing at stake this time. So on June 12th, NASA tweeted out, you can send your name to the moon. Uh, up to 3 million names will be placed onto a flash drive that will be aboard the Orion spacecraft to make the 1.3 million mile trip to the moon and back. And uh, all I have to show for it is this JPEG image of a boarding pass. But it's still cool. I think it's exciting. Uh, I think it's rather inventive. Uh, it's a cool way to get people to, uh, to watch or to get involved, uh, at least socially, with this thing to, uh, to say, hey, my name went around the moon and back. Uh, saw the dark side of the moon and came back. Hopefully it comes back. We'll see. Uh, they haven't had too much luck in the last few days with some stuff. But um, uh, this initial trip had been considered to be a potentially manned mission. Uh, that was based on the input of President Trump. But uh, after months of research, NASA decided eh, it's probably better to go with an unmanned flight uh, they are going to use two test dummies that I volunteered. I'll wear all the testing equipment. I'll, I'll ride aboard. I'm fine with it. I'll sign a waiver. Just give me a parachute. Um, but they had two test dummies because I think that's all it holds is two people in this thing. Well, I mean, the, uh, the other spacecraft only held three people, so it's not like it's, uh, you know, any different. Um, so it's also going to, not only is it going to go around the, go around the Earth once and then shoot out toward the moon, go around the moon and then come back. Um, it's going to launch some small cube satellites, CubeSats, uh, for a variety of tests in low Earth orbit, as well as around the moon to uh, look for some stuff. There's a lot of people visiting the moon right now, though. There's a lot of countries sending some stuff out there. And uh, it's it's becoming... The hub and everyone's doing kind of the same thing, getting ready to uh, do other things. So this initial Artemis launch is the first step in not only sending people back to the moon, but also establishing a colony there, which is also then the first step in going to Mars and potentially some other planets or even moons in our solar system and hopefully beyond, probably not in my lifetime. Uh, but uh, so far, believe it or not, in all this rich history, there's only been 12 men on the moon with six missions between 1969 and December of 1972. So it's almost been 50 years since anyone has visited the moon. Uh, to put that in perspective, the last person to walk on the moon was Gene Cernan, 
who passed away in 2017 at age 82. So that leaves Harrison Schmidt. And you're like, who? Yes, Harrison Schmidt, who walked uh, with Cernan on the Apollo 17 mission. As the uh, So he's the second to last person and the most recent living person to have set foot on the moon. Well, he's 86 years old. And of the 12 men who have walked on the moon, only four are still alive. 92-year-old Buzz Aldrin, 90-year-old David Scott, and the uh, 86-year-old Charles Duke. Again, who? Charles Duke. And the aforementioned Harrison Schmidt. Uh, I'd say it's time we got back there. I know it's expensive. But darn it, we need to conquer the moon again. We need to get a new flag up there. We need to kick some dirt. I'd love to watch the telescope. I think that'd be pretty fun. And uh, we could finally prove, just think about that. We could finally prove, you know, all the naysayers wrong. We get back to the moon. We show how easy it is. That maybe that question will go away. Did we go to the moon? It won't be anymore. It'll be, uh, yes, we did. Well, the goal uh, to get back there, uh, to get people on the moon is 2025. But the biggest hurdle, believe it or not, it's not the uh, the rockets. It's not the uh, shuttle thing. It's it's not the uh, the astronauts. The training. No, it's the spacesuit. Uh, it's designing a new spacesuit that'll be suitable for walking on the moon. Currently, astronauts are still using the same forty year old suits in space. The same stuff. Uh, we would need an upgrade to deal with the abrasive lunar dust, and to be safe outside the Earth's magnetic uh, protection. A, uh, a three-day fueling test will begin on June 18th as the next hurdle to at least get the rocket ready to go. Uh, if you want to fly with me to the moon, wait, isn't that a Frank Sinatra song? No, it's fly, fly me to the moon. But if you want to fly with me, uh, feel free. Uh, we'll have to wait a while to experience and see what uh, spring is like in Jupiter or Mars for a little bit. But if you want to sign up and have your name flown out and around the moon and back, and uh, splash down in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, point your device to nasa.gov forward slash we are going. And we are going is the uh, slogan for the Artemis One mission because we are going back to the moon. And while it probably won't generate as much excitement as, and wonder as the Apollo missions did uh, due to the space race and, and all that was going on back then, uh, this is still a big step in humankind's ability to, uh, to be able to live outside of the Earth's protection. Gives us hope that we might be able to uh, to leave this blue ball after we destroy it. Uh, the Apollo missions uh, were more or less just to get us there. It was, again, the race. Uh, but the Artemis missions will uh, get us ready to go beyond. It's, uh, it's really good testing to uh, get us to go to Mars and, and beyond and to uh, see this unfolding, at least maybe late in my lifetime, is it's pretty exciting because eventually historians will look back on this as the uh, the beginning of us colonizing out there. And who knows? We get the astronauts up on the moon with some good cameras. Who knows what they might find? And being out there uh, looking at the blue marble. Maybe they'll find some uh, UAP evidence. We can only hope. 
that something will come from all of that. But until then, I'll see you next week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. Above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.